0: Things he won't share with us The darkness in his brain The dungeon master's plan The pleasure and the pain What's better left unknown Keep calling out to me I hear him think out loud To die the
1: Only the brave shall come My name is Che Webster, and this is the Roleplay Rescue Dungeon Master's Diary.
0: Hey Che, this is Jason. Just listened to your all-traveler last DM journal. Enjoyed it. Um, You might be surprised, but, you know, I I know I mentioned mentioned them on my podcast before, but um, Stargrunt and dirt side and full thrust do get used over here in the states we don't necessarily order the figures from over there in the uk but we, we definitely use the rules over here um so yeah I, i'm i gonna dig out my traveler stuff too and look at it i've got i i i need to look i'm sure my box is later that you know your 80, the 81 printing later printing i can't imagine i'd have the 77 printing because i just wasn't playing at that point so but I like Traveler, like we've talked about online. I, I think two of us are the only ones that do, though. So, anyhow, talk to
1: you later. need to record this before I forget. I've just been listening to an a.k.a. Rob's um, podcast, Confessions of a Wee Timorous Bushy. Um, there's an episode called There and Back Again, Part One, in which he delves into the Hobbit. And some wonderful readings from that book, by the way. But towards the end, he starts to muse upon what drew him into Tolkien's world. And one of the things he's talking about is how Tolkien takes us, especially in The Lord of the Rings, he takes us on a journey through his world with an incredible description. And it just suddenly struck me that this is a fundamental sort of difference between the way in which I approach my role-playing games because I want to be taken on that journey, you know? And this is why I, I feel I get so frustrated. I think with uh, with DMS who take a movie approach, um, and, and Rob kind of makes this this distinction between the book and the movie, and how the movie presents the world to you in a certain way through the eyes of uh, the cameraman, if you like, the director. But um, but in the book, it's there for you to generate in your imagination. And what's really rich about reading and also rich about role-playing games, the thing they have in common, is that words are being shared at the table. And you have to construct those words in your mind, the picture in your mind. And obviously, there's an important element of description that a GM has to do when you're refereeing a game, when you're leading a game. You have to be mindful of that. And that connected to a thought I had listening to um, Andy Goodman a few weeks ago um, he'd had a bit of a meltdown in his Cthulhu game one of the players there feeling wasn't action-packed enough uh, and also the players generally feeding back to him that they wanted more visceral descriptive detail of London because as Americans they'd never been to London and these two things kind of smashed together in my mind and I suddenly realized that This is why I like wilderness exploration games. This is why I actually like dungeon exploration games. It's why I like Traveller when I went to Worlds. I want to explore them, and I want there to be a description. And so what I think I have to do is is two things. First of all, if I'm playing face-to-face, I'm going to have to be mindful of dropping those little bits of description in and obviously responding to player questions. If players start asking as uh, Rob does when he th- he's talking about The Hobbit, he's asking about like Beyond's Gate. does it have runes on it? Does it have a little alarm on it? Um, if players start asking those questions, you have to respond to them. You just have to, that's, that's, that's their cue to you that they wanna know and you have to respond and you can't just be flip about it. You have to suddenly realize that no, I have to describe what I'm imagining here. Not in verbose detail, but in enough, you have to answer the questions. And then secondly, I was thinking about solo play, and I was thinking about how when I'm writing this stuff up, I tend to focus on the kind of mechanical things I'm doing in the game, and um, that's a mistake. I need to focus on describing, imagining the scene, and kind of drawing it out of myself, out of my mind, onto the page, as it were, so that I can enjoy it and take time over it and not rush through it. And that was a really important, um, really, really important sort of moment of realization for me so i just want to thank andy goodman and minion aka rob for that clash of thoughts that has led to something new for me game on just in after the first day back um for this half term it's an inset day today so it was uh, sort of a training day thing um but i had a couple of things delivered to school today that were fabulous hobby things um mostly I had them de- delivered there because they're convenient so I had a a, a essentially Direct again, my favourite UK-based printing service, Um, I had them do me a copy of Zoza's uh, Solo, which is essentially for the Cepheus engine. It's um, a a kind of a set of of, uh, rules, really, for running games solo uh, using Cepheus or Traveller, your favourite 2D6 uh, system. And and it takes a different approach to many solo games that um, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with or, or whatever or fully understand yet but i thought well, if i print one off i can read it and i can kind of get my head around that and i can perhaps evaluate that and decide if it's a useful tool for me along with that i had uh, a kind of copy of uh, book zero because book zero traveler classic traveler book zero just proved so useful to me i thought i'll have one printed up i had a kind of printed off it in a4 on paper but having a little a5 one made uh, by the way the Zosa book's also a5 uh, is just so pocketable it goes in my little box so um it, does, it doesn't look, you know, it's not a perfect kind of copy because essentially it has a kind of white border with the black cover on and what have you. But it's a, you know, it's a 48-page booklet, it got printed up um, into A5, you know, sort of saddle-stitched. Great, you know, uh, I think it's essentially stapled and gives me a copy of that on quite a nice paper, so that's lovely. But the big thing was, uh, and physically big was I had a copy of the Spinwood Marches map from Deluxe Traveller uh, sort of printed up. I thought I'll I'll have that image blown um, onto a 2, is what I've gone for, and it makes a lovely poster, and it arrived to get in full colour, arrived today at school, and I suddenly thought, why don't I just put that on the wall in my classroom? Now, I haven't done that yet. I kind of feel like I want to... I have, like, various boards in my room, and I'm kind of really tempted to set up a Dungeons & Dragons Club board, because it would be so cool to put that map up there for starters. And then, you know, some stuff about what D and D is, what role-playing is maybe. Um, so I'm going to, have to think about that because that might be a really cool idea. I, I kind of couldn't help but wonder if there would be students who would want to explore that map. And I couldn't help wonder if having that up would also generate interest in the club, at least from the classes that I teach. You know, I, I teach about 13, 14 classes somewhere in the region of 340 kids, something like that. um, I'm pretty sure there might be one or two in there who'd be curious. So that was a thought. Anyway, I'm home and I'm, I'm shattered because going back to it is always a hard first day. Um, I'm just going to take uh, some time to, you know, chill, really, this evening. And, um, you know, Friday is Dolman Wood Games night, so I've got some prep to do for that this week. Commit myself to putting aside an hour, hour and a half of an evening... I noticed that uh, my biorhythm is uh, is such, uh, my circadian rhythm is such that I have a kind of drip, dropping dropping energy from around about two three in the afternoon, really sinks low to that time now is about four four thirty four thirty ish, um, and through till about sort of we eat normally around about sort of five hour five, five, and then my energy starts to come up again, or, I, or I usually around about seven o'clock, and I usually have an hour or two there where before I go to bed around 9, 9.30 when I have some energy and I've, I want to commit myself to weeknights, to doing something with that. So if it isn't work, um, and these days, you know, I'm getting pretty good at not bringing as much work home. If it isn't some work, I want to do some hobby. I want to do something creative. I'm going to try and use that time. So don't know what I'm going to do tonight yet, but I'm going to kind of hit that and just see of the very, very many things that I do. So, I mean, that could be write a podcast, could be record something, could be write a blog, could be prep for a game, could be do something totally different and creative. I don't know. But um that's what I'm gonna try and do. So there we go. It's Tuesday night and I've just finished a games club session. It's about 5 pm and I had six people turn up today um three of whom have never role played before. What's changed? I simply put up posters advertising Dungeons and Dragons with the title Dungeons and Dragons and Pictures. And the first day back, really, for school, I had three new people come and see me today to say, hey, what's the idea about Can I come and try it? They couldn't stay for the full uh, hour and a half, but a good 45 minutes, introduced them to the concept, chose characters. And off the cuff, three of the guys had to leave at around about um, 45 minutes ago, really before we got into anything decent. But the three ladies stayed, so two of them have played before, um, one extra who's new, and they had a first kind of little tomb adventure. I I sent them down into a dwarven tomb Mm -hmm. to sort of find out or stop a thief. Um, They found the thief was already dead, and then they looted the tomb um, and left, dealing with some traps. No fights, just a quick kind of encounter... Um, and uh, the new girl sort of is wonderful, really. she's like, I get it, I kind of see it, it's kind of fun, I get it, yeah, and they kind of want to come and play a game. I don't know why, because I advertised D&D, I suppose, I felt like I should at least demo a game of D&D. Um, the essentials kit is on the shelf uh, over on the windowsill, so I grabbed that and uh, printed off some character sheets, which I already had from previous training game and we just went for it and I spun it i think thing, you know, whole cloth off the top of my head. And it was kind of wonderful. Really nice, fun game actually. And um yeah they want to play some more. So I guess I better like sort out an adventure for next week. But um that shouldn't be too if I have something somewhere. Um there's part of me what kind of wants to dig into the Essentials kit and play one of the adventures in there. But it's part of me that kinda of wants to stay away from it and leave that as a possibility for a future GM. And on the subject of GM, we did talk about jamming, and it's basically fear that's holding the two more experienced girls back, is this, oh, I don't know if I can do it. So, got to work on building confidence, I guess. Anyway, it was kind of a wonderful evening, I really enjoyed the session, and yeah, it reinvigorated my excitement, actually. And, you know, it just reminded me that D&D, you know, 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons is a cool little game, and it appeals to young people. Game on. It's Wednesday morning and I'm sitting in the car and um, I'm just so excited about Dungeons and Dragons. What is going on with me? Last night, I think I mentioned this in the previous um, entry, but basically the kids kind of turned up and we ran D&D and I just made it up, but Oh, I was so kicking myself last night. I didn't take a D D D&D Essentials home from school, at least the rule book home to look at, and um, I was exhausted at the end of the day. I have to be honest, it was a full teaching day, plus the club and a lot of improvisation on the fly is kind of tiring. Although, you know, it wasn't hard. It was just, you know, at the end of the day, tired. And um, I do it know, it's a bit of a foolish thing, really, because I kind of gave in to my body and went to bed early, and then I didn't sleep ter- Well, I slept well, but I woke early early. Um, and that's always a bit of a mistake for me. I need to sort of be up um, a little bit, you know, make sure I'm fully tired and, and then aim for the 7 hours sleep that I need. Anyway, that's an aside. Um, overnight, I just got really excited about uh, running DD for them, sort of introducing them to D&D. And there were a couple of conversations that went on. So a couple of the girls were kind of saying that they they, they thought about DMing, but it's like, they don't think I could do it. I can't do it. I, you know, it's too hard. I, I'm scared of it. And... Um, I get that i do fully understand that and um so i was trying to think about how to deal with that and i think um a couple of ideas have kind of come to mind the first is that um i need to get the starter set in the in the classroom again um weirdly and this is not a bad thing but weirdly just before the half term one of the lads came and borrowed the starter set the D starter set that was on my shelf and and ostensibly said oh yeah i'm gonna run i'll run a game and it's kind of implying i'll come to the club and i'll run a game what he's actually done is taken the, the set and he's running the game with his mates um and they did it over the holiday i think and they're continuing which is fantastic essentially you know that set has just flown away and spawned a group which is just brilliant and, and um you know goblins henchman has kind of called me out on this the whole thing of like don't begrudge that that's awesome and i don't i, I think it really is awesome except i don't have a start set and i kind of feel like i need one because here's what i'm going to do i'm going to have a starter a set on the shelf, and I do think I want to have a thumb through it, just make sure I'm familiar with it. But essentially, I want that on standby for a DM, and I'm going to run the essential stuff, and um, because I think that's kind of going to meet halfway. That it's a beginning sort of set of rules, and only has five classes. It's the four basics: you know, fighter, wizard, cleric, <coughs> rogue, plus bard. Oddly, but basically that that's it. <clears throat> and um i'm gonna run I think I'm gonna run that is it a dra- uh, ice dragon of ice bar peak or whatever i can't remember even remember what it's called sitting here anyway i'm gonna run that i think which i said I wasn't going to do when i reviewed the essential set I said i don't think it would fit the open table format but the truth is I seem to have a sort of a group of players you know at least as a core and um yeah for the time being I think I can run that. And, of course, if I get a new group, I just go back to the beginning and, and, and run it again, you know, and kind of keep going back to the beginning. And I think if I do that, what happens is it sort of dissuades people from going around that loop all the time. Eventually, it's going to come a point where I'm done with that. Eventually, I'm going to run it again. And they're going to either want to keep playing, or, and that means kind of pushing a little bit, I think, towards DMing. But what I'm also going to do is I'm going to contact the... Um, uh the students who are interested in dming i'm going to just offer them the opportunity of sort of doing some a sort of dm sort of a dm support club i think i don't know what quite to call it yet dungeon masters academy maybe something like that but um essentially all that'll be is an informal thing it'll be kind of you can come and find me and we can have a chat about dming and i'm going to base that around the starter set so what i'm going to do is i'm going to say if you want to come and dm i'm going to give away the starter set to them i'm going to um and I hope the patrons won't mind this, but I'm just going to use the patron funds from Patreon um, to fund some sets. Uh, and I've already done, I've bought a set it's coming tomorrow. Um, but I also invested in some of those Gale Force Nine reference cards. So this the arcane cleric spells plus the zero to five fifth level monster deck and the treasure deck. I kind of ordered those up, and I'm going to donate those to the club as well. And I'm going to use them. As quick reference things at the table for beginners. So I'm really hoping that's going to work. And then, of course, if a DM takes away the starter set and runs it, then I can always buy another starter set. And, you know, if my Patreon funds fund that, then what we're doing is we're putting D&D out into the world, um, which I'm pretty sure Wizards of the Coast will approve of. (laughs) But um, I think it's it's a really good in for teenagers. You know, I listened to Colin's son talking about D and D five e. I thought about my own explorations as a kid and wanting that. There's a certain level of, of challenging complexity that I think teens like. D and D provides it. It's a nice sweet spot. And um, you know, I'm never, I've never been a hater of it. It's just um, also never been a massive lover of it. But I, I am excited about doing this. So that's my plan. Call me mad, but going to try and teach them how to play D&D rather than just leaning on me. And, of course, that doesn't stop me having the other games on the shelf, and if people are curious and they want to take those games off the shelf and have a look at them, they can. I'm not going to push them. I'm just going to focus on D&D for a while and see what happens. So there you go. What do you reckon? Is it a plan? I feel like there's loads going on in my hobby right now. Um, So last night I... um, had a couple of cool things going on uh the first of which was that i had um basically some messages via discord uh the roleplay rescue discord um in response to the post i'd made on my blog about uh, i think it's called confessions of a solo player or something like that and um a number of people about three people really sort of stepped forward and said hey we would love to come and play classic traveler with you in the springwood marches um And uh, that was really amazing, actually. Um, I really was really pleased to um, discover, I think in a way, in my head, I'm kind of like in my own little bubble where I kind of think that um, often I think I'm the only one who feels the way I do about these games, but it's obvious to me that uh, there are people who are out there who are just as passionate and as obsessed and um, as hopeful, really, as I am about the potential of role-playing games tabletop role-playing games just so awesome so those guys have uh, sort of said you know maybe we could do play by post play by text something like that rather than kind of too much of a a sort of fixed session uh, online long games you know that kind of thing so that's something you're exploring um had a look at one app that was um suggested last night but i think in my heart, because I subscribe to Rollgate and because I kind of get it, I think I might go with Rollgate. Um, but hey, that, That's the first sort of thing. So that means that my solo travelling kind of thing, um, I need to just think about, really, what I'm going to do there um, in relation to this. So I think what I'm talking about doing with these guys is running the Spinwood uh, marches thing, the whole kind of... Um, you know that introductory adventure as a basis and kind of going off into the spinwood marches and, and playing around in that area. Um, and just this a sort of ongoing game and just see what we can get from that really using the classic traveler rules. Um, and of course if you're listening to this and you're thinking yeah, that'd be really really cool and play by post could doable then or play by text if you want to be technical about it. Um, I uh, you know just let me know really get in touch because um, you know I think we could have a, a couple more players at the table so to speak, second thing that happened yesterday was um I sort of followed up on um the d d thing going on at school and uh, I grabbed the i went back to, i've completely forgotten to bring the bits I needed home the night before so last night I brought home the d d essentials rule book and the um dragon of ice by a mountain or whatever it's called I can never remember the name of that adventure, but anyway I had a look through those and I was really impressed with the adventure and I think um my first look through that, I, I kind of hadn't really read it. I kind of skipped through it, you know, looked through it. And Yesterday I sat and read through the first section of the adventure and then realised how it's structured. And it's kind of cool. I'm just going to kind of let you know, really, if you don't know. Um, so you have a kind of starting place, Vandelver, which is, yes, the same town as the starter set has. And, by the way, there is mention in here that if you've got that starter set, you can kind of add that material to this adventure and it gives you extra things you could be doing. <clears throat> um they kind of stand alone but they can be brought together, which is kind of cool, I thought. The second thing was that um it then has a sort of there's a kind of a, a bulletin board in town and on there you start by putting up um I think it's three um sort of jobs. Um and, and the way this adventure is venture structured is quite interesting and I quite liked it. So, spoiler, I guess, maybe. Um, essentially, you do the, you do you have the first three jobs and when two of them have been dealt with, three more jobs go up. And when two of those have been dealt with, three more jobs go up. And I thought that was a really interesting way of pacing through the events of a campaign in response to the players. Um, it is uh, obviously very pre-planned, but it's an approach that, you know, kind of paces in the various events that are going on in quite a nice way. You sort of can pre-plan, if you like, some key locations that the adventurer you want to invite the adventurers to go to. And what they've done is they've kind of scaled those adventures, obviously, to fit the levels they expect the players to be at that point. And by the end of the whole campaign, you're supposed to go from sort of first through to probably sixth, first, certainly fifth, probably sixth level, which is where obviously Essentials tops out. And a, it's you know obviously cunningly designed to then invite you to go and get the rest of the rules. Although I suspect anyone who really got into D D would probably go and buy those rule books anyway. Um, and it was really, but it's nice. It's kind of an interesting idea of pacing through a narrative um, within a sandbox because the adventure. What impressed me is the adventure is essentially a sandbox. There is a map. There are a load of locations. There's nothing stopping the players going to those other locations, other than whether they know about them. And obviously the bulletin board essentially paces through. That stuff, and um, I guess it it's just an interesting kind of approach. Maybe it's a really simple, old-fashioned, ancient thing that um, everybody knows about, but I just thought it was kind of interesting and cool, and it impressed me more than I thought it would. Um, and looking through the adventures, starting to look through those and sort of reading the first of the jobs. So really, I've got a prep. The start of the adventure, uh, I've done reading through Phandelver, um Sorry, Fandelin, the town. I'm getting mixed up with the start set now, um, and then those first three locations really—that's what I need to look at and kind of have an awareness of what's at the others. The other cool thing is that obviously the key NPC in this is a, a dragon threatening area, and there's some really cool ways in which that's handled as well through the use of a mix of random tables um, and GM um, kind of—you can choose—but there are some random tables in there that I like, so and kind of. of... <laughs> this is a spoiler alert i repeat this is a spoiler alert but there are some random tables in there that i liked and it kind of my favorite being where's the dragon today which i just think is a great kind of uh, great idea great little table so again um instructions there if the player characters run into the dragon kind of how the dragon will handle that Um, it's never going to be the fight to the death until the very end kind of thing but again a nifty way of dealing with you know um, encountering this dragon and and building up I think a sense of tension with this dragon which I thought was really interesting so I wanted to say that tomorrow night is is back to Donwood so tonight um, after work I really need to sit down and just finish off my preparations for that and, again, I wanted to say that my prep is, shall we say, a lot less um, running old-school essentials. Um, I kind of know the players have indicated where they want to go. Um, so I'm prepping in that direction. Obviously, they can change their mind, but I'm, you know, if they do, and we'll roll with it. But, again, it's a sandbox, and there's the sort of hex crawl approach going on there. So if they do go whizzing off the map, then I'm into there are processes within the game to follow. You know, the wilderness travel thing and all that. So... I feel quite confident because I have those processes and I feel like I don't really need to worry as much. And so I'm down to kind of, okay, looking ahead at the location, key locations that they're likely to go to, um, thinking about the journey between a little bit. But actually, I'm free to leave that to, you know, the roll of the dice um, on the random tables and such things, which is kind of actually quite liberating in a way. So um, I'm feeling like I don't need to do an awful lot to run a session. We'll see because I'm trying to do the minimum prep and I'm trying to like run rules through written. we will see as they get into the, you know, uh, the second session how that pans but I feel like I'm a much more confident place uh, as GM um, and there you go, that's an update for today it's Friday morning and tonight is Dom Word using Old School Essentials so I'm really looking forward to that I prepped up the bit uh, I think the guys are heading towards Port Dreg and I have read ahead which is always a good thing to do um, also yesterday um, I discovered I have a ticket for Grantham Games 2020 um, I'd bought it a while ago I thought I hadn't and then Pookie reminded me that I have but on top of that what's really awesome is Pookie's given me permission to podcast from the event so I'm going to do what I did last year, uh under the radar, this year I got permission, because, you know I asked, sorry Pookie and I'm going to go to Glantha Games on 25th of April over in Birmingham and um, take part in some RuneQuest games and hopefully get a chat with Pookie in there maybe, and chat to a few of the gamers, a few of the GMs and I'll do one of those wonderful con specials um, sometime in the the days following the event. I'm really excited about that. I thought about offering the GM, um, but honestly, I'm sort of A terrified of running a con game. Um, I guess I'm going to have to bite that one at some point. But RuneQuest, uh, I'd love to. I just feel don't really know enough about Clarentha, you know, and maybe that's not the best gem for me to... To start with, I don't know. Anyway, looking forward to that. Grantham Games, 25th of April over in Birmingham the UK. Tickets on sale now. There's, um, I think as of last night, there were like 10 tickets spare for players. So they're going quick, but they could do with GMs. And if they had more GMs, they could actually offer more places and have more players. And so if you're a RuneQuest player uh, or a GM and you are thinking about, you know, maybe getting to the con scene, contact Pookie. Um, you'll find them on Facebook uh, most easily, I think. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, what else? There was something else. Oh, yes, of course. Crikey. Uh, Traveller. You know, I was talking to Solo Traveller last week, and I did my post. And, well, a wonderful thing has happened. I think I mentioned yesterday some players have stepped forward. Well, I've now got about five or six players stepping forward to have a go. we am going to play on Rollgate, which is played by text and I've set up a skeleton of a Rollgate account, and they all start to sign in, which is great. And yeah, we're going to be playing Traveller um, over the coming weeks and months. So, again, um, I, I think I'm going to kind of limit it to six players. But if you are interested, uh, hop onto Rollgate, look for the Imperial Fringe, is the name of the game, the Imperial Fringe. And um, at least drop by, because you can, it's kind of open, so you can kind of come into the public chat bit and, and, and interact with us. Um, I'll try and keep an eye on that, Um, and of course you can kind of read along uh, with the the story as well um, as it unfolds in that wonderful narrative uh, that emerges from play. Right, I think that's about enough from this morning, I'm just looking forward to gaming tonight, although it's going to be a hard day, I'm going to be really tired, so um, we'll see how that goes, game on. Just shy of eleven p m on Friday night, just finished the game with the guys to Dolmenwood. It's been great. We had a really good time um I shouldn't sound surprised should I fifteen minutes prep this morning three and a half hours of game session tonight um really good time. The guys um went way further than I expected into Dolmenwood. really. They headed from Lankshorn um east down the ditch way to prig uh sorry to Dreg, and then from there they <laughs> they basically hired on to uh, escort a trader with wagons going north to Fort, well, north west to Fort Volga, um, but across country via Prigwart. So they went to Prigwart and then up, um, and they're heading towards Fort Volga, and they've stopped off at the ruin, ancient ruin of Saint Cluid, where they did do a little foray into that most famed place um, to achieve a particular job they had to do and then next session um, they wish to go further on towards Fort Volga so much for me to think about there but a really good evening a couple of interesting encounters uh, using the hex crawling stuff um, kind of making our way through Donwood and discovering a bit more about it and I think the general feeling has been one of kind of mutually discovering the place a little bit, a sort of a shallow uh, journey, sort of no, nothing too deep, just journeying through the area, doing the various things, interacting with various people. They um, managed to pick up a little bit of experience along the way and keep the combat to the minimum. And um, it's been interesting. It's been a lot of fun. But for me, just how illuminating how the game, uh, game structures really do free me up. So... Using that sort of hex crawl game structure, uh, and Gavin, by the way, has written some really rather nice kind of tidy rules to sort of help a little bit within his own sort of setting. And, um, yeah, it just runs really well. It's really easy for me. That whole thing of, you know, if you're familiar with um, old school essentials and, you know, with BX, you, you'll know this that whole daily adventuring thing where you're rolling to see if there's an encounter, they move so many miles in the day, and you kind of can describe hex by hex as you move through. Um, and that combined with Gavin's notes from Wormskin are on the, the contents of Dawnwind, you know, is really quite a lovely thing to run. It's quite easy to run. All I needed to do, I mean, a while ago I spent some time reading through Wormskin, but I have to admit... As much of it that i i you know i'm I'm just referencing at the table and it's it's lovely its the way it's organized it's pretty okay the only problem of course is as everybody has commented i think even gavin would admit that you know the way the the the, the map is divided up across from eight issues of wormskin in and incomplete format is a bit of a mess but a bit of a nightmare but actually the actual individual entries once you've got what you want is, is really really good so i've been enjoying that and um yeah, really looking forward to gaming again in a couple of weeks' time. So, ah, oh, I don't know. It's, it's actually quite strange to me how little I need to put in and how much came out of that session. Game on.